Bucketheads, Land Grant Hoyland's College Basketball Podcast. My name is Connor Lamans, and I'm here with Justin Golba for episode 63 of our College Hoops Podcast here at LGHL. Um, and Justin, we are we are at a really odd point of the basketball season right now because the Buckeyes are just it just it just ain't it right now. They're just not living up to expectations. But I kind of feel like I'm in a I'm in a weird limbo spot right now where I'm not ready to say the ship is sunk this team is they're they're cooked they're out of the tournament they're going to win six big 10 games it's time to just move on I'm I'm not ready I I'm not out on the on this team yet I'm not there yet I just think Ryan Day needs to give up play calling oh I'm sorry I forgot which high state coach we were firing today um <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, sports are tough, Connor, because currently uh, I've made it very known my two favorite sports are basketball and golf. Last night, Ohio State, Kent State, and the Cavs all lost. Uh, and today, all the golf world could talk about is Patrick Reed throwing a tee at Roy McIlroy. So it's weird. I'm in a very weird sports bind uh, because sports suck right now. It's just what it is. Um, I do like college basketball, uh, but I don't love it right now. And, the, basketball uh, in ge- the basketball in general has been very good, but the basketball from my alma mater has not been very good. True. I do think this is, whether Ohio State participates or not, I do think this is going to be one of the more fun tournaments ever because uh, I don't think anybody's that good at all. Uh, so it'll be fun to watch. But, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think the season's completely cooked. You know, we were talking about this. Right now, Ohio State, as we're recording this, sits at, what is their record? <laughs> Three and six in, in the Big Ten and – Three and so six in the eleven nine overall. Yeah, right, right. Eleven and nine. They are so in the- eleven and nine. That's twenty games played. They have eleven games left. My magic number, kind of the whole season, is to make the tournament has been eighteen and thirteen. I think in the Big Ten with the non look, this is why you play those non conference schedule games because those tough games because you kind of give yourself a little bit of uh, leeway per se, and also um, you kind of put yourself. I, I think people underestimate how much rope. Uh, the Big Ten and the, the ACC and the the big conferences of the world, the Big the Big Twelve, that they get when it comes to to. I mean, remember two thousand eighteen, nineteen was it? Ohio State was nineteen and fifteen entering the tournament, or nineteen and fourteen to that degree. So they weren't that good either. I mean, well, it was twenty because he's always Holman's always won twenty games, but nevertheless, they lost a lot of games too. So it might I don't have been think nineteen because they won a game. They won a game. They beat Iowa State, so that might have been the right. That game. got them to twenty. We're right. You're right. Yep. So. Um, so yeah, so I, I do think 18 and 13 with probably, probably need a win in the big 10 tournament. Maybe not, but 18 and 13 probably gets you in. If you can go one-on-one in the big 10 tournament, now you're 19 and 14. Um, and you're probably in the play-in game, which might be kind of fun. They've never been in it. So it'd be new territory, but yeah, I don't think the seasons, I don't think Indiana's a must win or it'd be nice, but I think you're looking at, you know, your next four games after Indiana are home against Wisconsin at Michigan, home against Northwestern, then home against uh, somebody, Michigan State. Those are where you're going to start getting into the must-wins, the home games and whatnot. I don't mm-hmm. think at Indiana is a must-win, but um, you definitely don't want to be 3-7. and seven, So if you can sneak that one out, that's huge for sure. And then you get into, I think, six of their nine February games are at home. So 
that's that's a plus. Um, and you just got to win some of these home games. The February schedule is so much easier than the January one, so we'll see. I, but I, I'm with you. I don't think I, the you know, I haven't been able to do the limbo for about six years now. Um, I am currently in mental limbo of I don't think the season completely cooked. I also don't really care if it is, but <laughs> right. Um, you know, cynical cynical people aside, I know fans are frustrated. I'm frustrated. I went to Ohio State. I'm frustrated. It's sometimes frustration's fine. They're just not fun to watch on yeah, most no. nights recently. They're not, it's not fun. It's not a fun existence to turn on the TV and, and watch them or be in the arena and watch them right now. No. But you're, you're, you're absolutely correct on what you're talking about in the tournament is because when you're in the big 10 um, and you play 20 conference games against some other conferences that play 18 and then they sprinkle in some um, preseason warmup games, you're playing 20 conference games, you get more credit. Um, therefore, if you go nine and 11 in the big 10, a lot of years, that's going to get you an at-large bid, even if it ends up sending you to Dayton for the play-in. That's going to get you an at-large bid. You go ten and ten, you're probably going to get an at-large bid, and you're going to avoid the play-in completely. And it's just yeah. when I look at this team at three, and we said what are they three and six now in conference? Something it's like, like I, I I can't give it a percentage chance that they go ten and ten. But would you look at me and say like? All right, this team is not capable of going seven and four over their last eleven games. Like it is not going to happen. And I would say, I think they could go seven and four, like or six and five to end nine and eleven. Like that's not crazy, and it's not a reach. So even though the record looks bad, it's like if you think that nine and eleven or ten and ten in the Big Ten is a bad record, like a bad record in the Big Ten can still get you an at-large bid to the tournament. So it looks bad. But an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament without needing to win like three games in the Big Ten tournament, like they still could do that. They need to stop tripping over their own dicks against teams that they should beat. Pardon my French, but like it's attainable. You can go six and five or seven and four down the stretch if you get your shit together and you get an at-large bid because you're in the Big Ten. Because you know, I mean, fuck it. Look at Clemson in the ACC. I feel like every other year they go like nine and eleven and they end up getting a ten or an eleven seed. It's because they're in a power conference. <laughs> Yeah, and let me also be clear. I don't necessarily agree with it, um, the way they do the seedings and stuff, the the way that a lot of times like nine or ten Big Ten teams will get in and then you look at like a conference, you know, I always say the MAC, but I think the MAC's a good example where you have to win your conf, like you have to win the conference tournament to get in. I think there's a lot of years where the MAC deserves two or three teams to be in. But that point aside, you know, I live in reality and that's the reality of it. Um, what I was going to say about, you know, when it comes to um, – this team in terms of kind of, I can't really predict how they're going to finish the season because they're, I mean, they're Jekyll and Hyde, right? I've seen this team, their last game against Iowa was probably the best overall game they played more to most people. That was probably the best overall game they played at least since Maui. But then against Illinois is probably the worst game they played. Right. But then two weeks ago, I watched them take the number one team in the country to the last bucket without uh, without two starters, basically. Right. But That's then a, a week and a half ago, I watched them lose home to Minnesota. So right. I, I don't know. Well, Purdue's obviously a clear, unless they fall apart, that, that's a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. And Ohio State was a Fletcher Lawyer three from hitting off the iron oh, instead of God. going in away from beating them. Like, and well, Fletcher Lawyer. That sentence is to, painful. Right. We talked to Rafael Davis before the Purdue game, too. And even though Fletcher Lawyer was like a 34% three point shooter, he was straight with us. He almost called it. He's like, Listen, he's a shooter. He's like, he is a shooter. His numbers are going to improve. He is a shooter. But I mean, 
obviously, if you're an Ohio State fan, you've seen Justice Suing and Bruce Thornton and plenty of guys clang wide open threes all season long. So, I mean, Ohio State is a Fletcher lawyer away from missing an open three from being the number one team in the country. And then they lose to Minnesota on the same court like a week later. Yeah, technically, I mean, when you want to look at like – so, yeah, that's why it's tough. I, I don't know what version we're going to get any night in, night out. And that's what makes it frustrating as a fan because you see them play the game. Like even though it was a loss, a great game against Purdue. Even though it was a loss, a great game against North Carolina. You know, they took – they you know, they killed a Cincinnati team that's playing pretty good basketball right now. They killed a Northwestern team on the road that right now, if the season were to end today, they have a double buy in the tournament. Northwestern's fourth in the conference. They're playing really good basketball. So, you know, they beat a, they beat an Iowa team by 16, who Iowa walked into the rack and beat Rutgers by 15. So I don't know. I don't know what team, what version of this team we're going to get night in, night out. A lot of that has to do with youth. You know, Bruce Thornton is still working his way through being a freshman point guard. He's had a lot on his plate. I don't blame him for that. It's hard. Like, if you watch Purdue, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer go through the same things, right? Sometimes they play great. Sometimes they really struggle. It's just a freshman point guard in the Big Ten playing 30 minutes a game is incredibly difficult. I don't fault him for that. You know, Zed Key is struggling with injuries. Adam Jardy sent out a text today that before his shoulder injury, he was shooting 63% from the field. Since then, he's shooting 44%. I don't believe in coincidences. That's not a coincidence. He's struggling through this injury. Um, Whether he should be on the court as much as he is, that's a whole different conversation if he's still hurt. But I do think he's still lingering with this injury and the knee thing. He He looked bad against Illinois, like even running up and down the court. I'm like, this dude doesn't look like he's healthy. So yeah. And it's, that's, it's so peculiar because it's like you, you want to give You're right. I mean, Zed key has been bad and we, I don't know about you, but I have been a defender of Zed key of, I think that most rational people say he's a pretty good player. And even at like six, nine in the big 10, um, for the most part, people can't defend him one-on-one. He's that skilled below the basket. Um, for the most part, we've pretty much said he's you know continued to improve. He's a very good player. He was shitty against Illinois. But before the game, Ohio State, their SID texted a bunch of people in the media and said, Zed practiced yesterday. He's full go tonight. He's good to go. And he looked like trash. So if it's the fact that he's still hurt, I don't know if there's some gamesmanship there. Like we don't want to give away information and and – tell the other team like hey zed's actually compromised um but if he is good to go he's feeling good they need so much more from him that he has to step it up and that's that's that like he's just not playing well um yeah no it's i I wrote that in the week i did the recap yesterday and i did three takeaways from the game and the last one was the vets need to step up the freshmen are the freshmen are, aren't playing like amazing basketball, but they're not supposed to be. They're freshmen. They're going to go through these ebbs and flows with Gale and Nakpara and Thornton, and they're going to be coached up, and they're going to learn as they do it. Obviously, even Sensible, sometimes his shot selection is leaves a lot to be desired, as great as a scorer as he is. So, But it's the it's the veterans. It's the, the Zed Keys, the Justice Sewings. You know, I don't really know about Eugene Brown or where he is in the rotation right now, but if he's on the court, he needs to be better. You know, Sean McNeil needs to be better. Sean McNeil sometimes just goes completely ghost out there. And I, I didn't expect that from him. I watched him at West Virginia. He never had those games. So they just need to – but also Sean McNeil can be their biggest contributor when he's knocking down shots and he's playing good defense. He's one of the more valuable players on the floor. So they just need this to, to find some level of consistency. And as good as this team is, look, and I'm going to get – you know, 
I know people will roll their eyes when I say this because I tend to be optimistic. This is a team that I can still see beating a lot of really good teams if they catch it at the right moment. So if you can win a couple games down the stretch and just get into the tournament, anything can happen. I'm not saying they're going to make the final four, but if they're hitting, it's all about when you get hot, right? Look at North Carolina last year. At this point last year, North Carolina was in the same exact spot Ohio State's in. We don't know if they're in the tournament. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Who knows? Then they went oh, to the national championship. Yeah. yeah, they're underachieving as hell right now. Like, in Yeah, they're still doing it this year. I was talking about last year, but even this year they're doing the same thing. Oh, so. I'm, sorry, I'm talking about Ohio State, not North Carolina. Oh, that too, yes. I'm like, if you're in the Ohio State bubble, you're saying, no, this team just sucks. Like, they just flat out suck. But I, prom- like, I promise you that, let's say hypothetically, Ohio State goes into the Big Ten tournament as the 10 seed, which what we already said – I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to string together some wins here. And even though you might think it's a bad record, I think they'll finish somewhere around 10 conference wins. But let's say hypothetically they go into the Big Ten tournament as a 10 seed. Whichever high seed team, whichever like higher seeded team gets Ohio State as their first game, they're going to be like, man, what the hell? <laughs> I have to face lottery pick Bryce Sensabaugh and Justice Swing. Like, how did these bums, how did these guys end up as the 10 seed? And same in the in the NCAA tournament if they get there. Like, whoever gets an 11 seeded Ohio State with Bryce Sensabaugh and hopefully a, like a healthy Zed Key, whoever faces them in the first round is going to be like, how did we end up facing Ohio State? How did they end up this, how did they end up in this spot? Whereas Ohio State fans are going to say, it's because they suck. Other teams are going to be like, I see the talent and the pieces on this team, and I would rather not play them. <laughs> I would rather not play them in a do or die game. A hundred percent, and I think that's. And, and like I said, I'm not again. I'm not predicting anything. They could miss the tournament. I don't think the people keep saying they're going to miss the NIT. I don't really think that's going to happen. But um, I do think there's also a team that could win the NIT, and the NIT can kind of be fun. So that's still. I, I'm just saying. Um, and also, uh, what was it? Last time they went to the NIT, they won it, right? Or no, no, it was no, two times, no, two no, times ago, no, no. two times ago. Last time with the NIT, they lost. Anyway, we'll stop talking about the NIT right now. That's the last NIT talk we'll have until they're in the NIT. Um, <laughs> so I do think that, especially when you have that play, that playing game can be weird because it's kind of like, as long as you win it, it's kind of like a build up into the next game as where the other team hasn't had as much time to prep for you as you've had for them a little bit. You've had, you're in kind of a weird, it's, not not a practice game, obviously, because you're still playing very hard and very tough and a very good team that you know made the tournament as well. But it, you can kind of use that game as a little bit of a springboard, I guess you'd say, into the tournament. So um, I think right, right now the bracket right now bracket matrix actually does have Ohio State as an 11 seed playing game playing. West they're a playing team right now. Oh, 100. Oh, that'd be a fun game. They're a playing team right now. 100. percent Could that fluctuate throughout the rest of February? Absolutely. But right now they're absolutely a playing team. Um, and that's, I think that's like the realization that uh, p- people that follow this team closely, they're like, they're upset, they're frustrated, they're not having a good time. They're like, this team's not going to make the tournament, this team's not going to make the NIT. But you have to come to grips with reality, even if like you don't want to see this team in the tournament because you're like, they're just going to lose. Literally, right now, where they're sitting, Ohio State, as shitty as they've been, are currently on the edge of the tur- like They're on the edge of being in the tournament, slash, they are like one of the last teams that would be included in the tournament today. After losing six of their last seven, like that is where they sit right now. So the this this fantasy of like they're going to miss the NIT, they're already out of the tournament, they're cooked. Why would I watch anymore? Like as it sits right now, after all this bullshit, they are currently a play-in team that would be going to Dayton to play West Virginia. 
as an 11-11 game. That's where they sit today. <laughs> yeah, and then well, and then just looking at like like a, a random bracketology. If Ohio State's an 11 seed, right? Then you figure they play a six seed, probably like a what a St. Mary's or you know an Auburn, a Michigan be, State, even like it would be so, St. Mary's or Duke right now. Okay, yeah, Duke, a team that they basically, they, I mean, played pretty much on par where they just lost because you know the Cameron ten point bump there, and then you know you got a team like I'm comfortable saying that, and then <laughs> you know this. My point is, there's a lot of incredibly flawed teams that are also going to be in that six kind of range. And then even like three seeds, you know, what? who's that? Like a Texas or something. They're one Marcus Carr, bad game away from being a one out. So threes right now are Kansas state, Iowa state, Virginia, Gonzaga. How is Gonzaga three seed again? Yeah. Gonzaga's weird. Um, but again, but like, okay. Gonzaga just lost to Loyola Marymount. Shout out Justin Arns. So, you know, it's, it's a weird, you're in a weird spot with college basketball right now to where you look at, the team, the last time they were 11 seed, three years Justin ago. Justin Arms, man. Get a job, young man. Carry on. Keep going. <laughs> He's got a job. It's called beating Gonzaga. I think he had like five, I think he had five points in that game. Yeah. But he did hit a huge three. Um, but nevertheless, you know, you look at the the 2019 team. That team was worse than this team is. And they beat a good, good Iowa State team. You're talking about Mario Shayuk. You're talking about Tyrese Halliburton, right? People forget how good that Iowa State team was. Um, there was another player on that team that's in the NBA. This is Taylor Horton Tucker was on that team for God's sakes. Like that's a good Iowa state team. They beat. And then they went and played Houston as a three seed and they gave them a little bit of a fight. They lost by like 12 or something, but they, they fought. So anything's possible. As long as you can just figure out a way into the, you know, sneak your way into the tournament. There's always somebody that goes on a run. I think this team is talented enough to go on a run. I think they're also inconsistent enough to lose in the playing game by 10 and call it, call it a season. You know, I have no idea. I think that's just, the interesting part of of um, of college basketball in in this team specifically of just they they've been I've seen them play very good basketball I've seen them play very bad basketball uh, that Illinois game last night as we're recording this it was last night was one of the hardest games I've ever had to like watch Ohio State play and that goes back to like even the last two years of that motto where that team looked disconjointed as hell I mean it nothing was nothing was working it was I had to be so frustrating to play in. They have no – I don't know what the right word is because I don't want to use the word that Holtman uses, which is bite. They have no – at least in that Illinois game, they have no backbone. They had no uh, punch, no mean streak, no backbone. Like I don't know. It's just right now they kind of look like they're like a bunch of very like a good, likable guys. You know, Justice Suing yeah. and Zeki. Like they're all very good, likable guys that are like moderately good at basketball. But like – they don't have Tanner Holden as the one guy that maybe if we saw him on the floor a little bit more, you'd see it more. And maybe likely like they don't really have any guys that like maybe on a hard foul from the other team, you stand up and get in their face and like, yeah. put the like I'm not taking this shit. And you like, maybe you get teed up and you start something. And the same with Holtman, like not that I want him to go get teed up and give the other team points, but I feel like I just, I haven't seen any kind of backbone from this team. At all this yeah. season, like at what point is somebody on this team or their head coach going to put their foot down and just get angry, get pissed off, cause a scene, like show that like, listen, we're at our breaking point. We can no longer just keep doing the same old, same old. And I just, I don't know. I think that this team's got a lot of really nice guys, but at some point they've got to put their foot down and stop being nice guys. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody like, you know, knock down a three and then start screaming or like, you know, yelling at the crowd or something like that, you know, stuff like that, especially like 
last night when you're playing in Illinois, you know the crowd is yelling at them. You know, I, I've seen Bryce a couple times kind of go back and forth with, like, crowds and stuff, but that's it. There was the moment against Rutgers when when McConnell like punched the ball out from Holden, and then Holden came back and punched the ball out from Mulcahy, and you know they were getting into it. Like, yeah, I just they're nice guys. I just want to see more backbone, more spice. I want to see somebody put their foot down, and even if that's Holtman, like if that means if that means getting teed up, then that means getting teed up. And I mean, we've seen it in multiple games. It happened to Peichel. It happened to um, another coach got teed up, and then Ohio State lost because they the other team went on a run as it, as it happens after you get teed up almost immediately every time your coach gets teed up something happens and then that team goes on a run because everybody's fired up like if Holman has to get teed up then I mean so be it I just feel like this team is very nice they're a bunch of good guys you want to root for them but when you're three and six at some point you gotta put your foot down and have a little bit of a mean streak. I guess. Yeah, no, I, I don't agree. know if that makes any. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, I don't want them to go. It does. Look, it, I don't want them to go out and look for a fight, but they need to have more of an edge and toughness to them than they have. There's not a villain on this team either. You know, like Michigan has Hunter Dickinson, Rutgers has Caleb McConnell. You know, Purdue doesn't really have one, but you you kind of have these villains on teams that kind of feed off the crowd, and they you can tell like. The more the crowd yells at him, the more they're feeding off it, and it's like. I mean, did you watch giving... Terrence Shannon last night after a couple of those dunks when he like hangs on the rim, both arms drops down, and, like puts both arms up like Superman to the crowd, and just like pumps everybody up. Like yeah. he's he's begging you, like you're just gonna let this guy do that shit on top of you, and then you just roll over and end up going down by seventeen. Like yeah, I, I love I Justice Suing, but there's times where he's on the court and it looks like he'd rather be anywhere else, and it's like you know I just and I in a lot of that maybe just plays to his current you know he's struggling, he's slumping, so he's in. You know, that does affect your mood, obviously, but they just need somebody to light a spark. It's not going to be Bryce. I mean, Bryce is he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to average 18. You know, he's a great player. He's a phenomenal one of the best scorers I've, I've seen come through. But, but you can't Bryce, rely on a fresh. You can't rely on a freshman to do that. It has to be a veteran. It has to be a Sean McNeil. I think ice. I think ice does bring that a little bit, but not as much as some others. Even Bryce is like sleepwalking sometimes. What's we've talked about before, what's so impressive about Bryce is it kind of feels like he's sleepwalking or stumbling into like 17 points per game. I mean, like I think last night a, was a great example of that. He made so many he's made you know, so like 14, many mistakes so. that like last night when I knew this game was over was when they were down like nine or ten early in the second half, and Sensabaugh had the ball in the right corner and Coleman Hawkins is guarding him. And Coleman Hawkins, like Bryce is, I don't know if he's thinking, he's trying to figure out what he's gonna do next. Coleman Hawkins just reached out and swatted the ball out of his hands and took it away from him. And I was yeah. like, this team, yep. it looks so disinterested. They do not look like they're playing with any kind of urgency. And there's nobody on this team that is willing to stand up to meet Illinois' toughness, Illinois' mean streak. Um, I was like, that's when I was like, all right, this game's over, man. They don't have it in them. They don't have it in them to come back from nine points. Um, I mean, Sensible makes all kinds of mistakes. You know that? He's not paying attention uh hawkins <laughs> cooked him down below the basket a couple times but then you look at the he final put him, line he put it's like, a blender in one of the players. oh yeah it's the same shit that uh hakeem hart did like a week ago or two weeks ago but then you look at the final box score and then it's like oh bryce sensible scored you know it was 14 last night but sometimes it's 18 sometimes it's 22 it's like man like he has so much talent he sleeps walk he sleepwalks to 20 points yep. despite making a bunch of mistakes <laughs> Yeah, and I just, you know, and like I said, it has to be a veteran. It has to be somebody just as suing Zed Key. You know, Zed does his finger guns and stuff, but that doesn't really affect the game. Like, you need you need a, one of your veterans to step up and, like, actually 
just, I don't know, be a vocal, I don't know, vocal leader is the word, but it's just something, man. You need something. Some, this team needs a spark. And it could come at Indiana. If you walk in and beat Indiana at Assembly Hall with how they're playing right now, that's a huge win. That's a win you'll look back at in March and go, if they make the tournament, that's probably how, that's probably how they did. So it's it's a weird one. It's like 8 o'clock on Fox. I don't know last time they played a weekend primetime game like that or a Saturday night primetime game, but that's kind of sick. I'll um, be there, man. I will yeah, be there Saturday boots, night. Boots on the ground at Assembly Hall. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that. We we both have been saying I think that I think that Tanner Holden could be the answer to a lot of these issues. I don't know. He didn't play the second half last night, so I, I don't know. Somebody disagrees with us. I don't. I really don't understand. Like, because almost every game, I see three guys that I feel like at all times look like they care about winning and are going 100. percent And it's Tanner Holden, Roddy Gale, and Gene Brown. Like right. to me, those are the three guys that, like, regardless of the the timer, like the score. I would toss ice time, in there too, possibly, but yeah, those three for sure. Like, those guys look like they always are giving it one hundred percent and are trying to win the game, whether they're down nine or they're down seventeen or they're up seventeen. Those three dudes are always giving it everything they got. Um, the spark so Roddy Gale brings is hard to even emphasize. So we've been saying for a while that Tanner Holden probably should be starting. His stats are so – he's so efficient on offense, he's not even taking shots. I would start him until the stats drop, and it shows that, oh, maybe more minutes means he's not that good. I don't know. Um, but you're correct. Roddy Gale, even when he started against – he started against Iowa. He played like 20 minutes, um, had a good game, nine points. Um, I just – if you want to spark, play the guys that look like they give a damn. And I think yeah. there's a couple guys that look like they give a damn. I'm sure that if you ask them all, they all care about this. Uh, clearly, it's like right. Everybody, well, and, and, yeah, we need to specify. Everybody shows it in different ways, but, but it does matter effort, when you can be vocal about it. The effort and the hustle and like looking like you actually give a damn 100 percent of the time does not come from everybody on this team. And the guys that it does come from are the guys that aren't getting a ton of minutes. Right, it's the wrong guys, so, for lack of a better word. <laughs> I don't know. So they're just in a, in, a, in a weird spot right now. If we come back uh, in a week, I'm expecting them to lose to Indiana. I do not expect them to win that. If they win that game, that'll be a big boost to their chances. If they lose that, I kind of expect them to lose that game. That'll be tough. Um, but in a week and a half, check back with me again. If they lose to Indiana and then they go home against Wisconsin and they also lose to Wisconsin, you're sitting at three and eight. I'll probably say that you have a prayer left to make the tournament. If you're sitting there at three and eight. Um, if they win both, then yeah, the Wisconsin game is huge. That's a huge one because it's just Wisconsin's pretty much free falling the same way Ohio State is. They're not as they haven't been as as bad of a January, but they've had a, a rough January. And you know that's a team that you just you should beat on paper. You should beat them. So, and it's at home. Yeah, I mean, let's see how far that. What's so goofy about the Big Ten is that this the second Everybody place. Sucks. Team, the second place team in the Big Ten right now has three losses. Yeah, everybody stinks. Northwestern, Northwestern has. I mean, they'll be Northwestern will be probably five and three by the time this comes out, assuming they beat Nebraska. Um, and then after, so you basically have three loss Rutgers in second, three loss Michigan in third, three loss Northwestern in fourth, and then it's four loss, four loss, four loss, four loss, four loss, five loss, five loss, six loss. So you're like, if they somehow win at IU. They somehow beat Wisconsin at home, and you're now you're sitting at five and six. Like this, this conference is just so. Well, and, and this is what we, this is what we saw coming, right? Uh, the only exception is Purdue, 
is running away with the conference. We didn't think anybody would run away with it, but I said the winner of this conference could very well have six or seven losses. Now, obviously, the difference is the winner is not going to have that because Purdue is going to run away with it. But second place is probably going to have five or six losses. So um, I think a lot of people did see this coming, that there was outside of, like I said, the exception has been Purdue. But outside of that, there's not a team that's going to run away with this thing. Michigan State looked pretty good for a little bit. Now Malik Hall is hurt again. Like you just, I don't know. Rutgers is good, but there's some, I mean, they just beat the hell out of Penn State, but that's because Penn State had one of their bad shooting nights. That's just, they kind of live and die by that. So I don't know. Rutgers, again, Rutgers lost at home to Iowa by 15. So this is, you know, Northwestern is a double by team that got destroyed by Ohio State. So I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's very, yeah, that's why it's hard weird. to pin, it's hard to pinpoint and look at the schedule and say, well, this stretch is going to be, yeah, which is also why that's also why I can't say Ohio State's done or they're not done. I don't know. They could finish this thing 0 and 10. They could finish this thing 8 and 2. I have no idea. It's very up in the yeah, air. So that's that's what yes, and it's it's more up in the air than I think a lot of Ohio State fans want to admit because you're 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 still in a spot where you know you let's say hypothetically. Let me look at the schedule. And again, this is just hypothetically because they've already lost to Minnesota. So literally everything that I thought I knew is gone. Let's say you lose to Indiana and you drop to three and seven. But then you beat Wisconsin, and you go to four and seven. Then you lose to Michigan, you go to four and eight. But then you beat Northwestern again, and then you beat Michigan State at home, and now you're sitting at six and eight. Okay, well six and eight, literally finishing ten and ten is right there in your grasp again. So it's like, even if they lose to Indiana at Assembly Hall this weekend, which I expect, you're you're still within a grasp of the record you would need to get an at-large because you get so much credit in the Big Ten, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know. They're just in a spot yet where I don't think that either of us are quite ready to say, stop paying attention. You know, the older guys are moving on. The younger uh, sense of us going to the draft. Let's let's just move on. I'm not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I think we can move on after this. But that was kind of why, um, you know, and I don't, I don't mean this in like a – like a, condescending way but I think if you looked at a lot of Ohio State fans and you showed them the Big Ten standings they'd be surprised just because you know it is crazy that the second place team right now has three losses and Northwestern's in fourth and Michigan Michigan who pretty much struggled with every single team in the Mid-American Conference in the offseason or in, in the in the <laughs> non-conference schedule is in third right now Michigan fans are just as upset as Ohio State fans <laughs> like it's it's crazy so the, the Big Ten is in a very weird spot this will probably be the year that all these Big Ten teams go on a run in the tournament, knowing knowing how the tournament normally goes. But um, I'm not predicting that for sure. I think this will be a. I still think, and I've said it. I still think that uh, you know, J- John Fanta was on Titus and Tate the other day, and he said this, so I'm comfortable saying it out loud now. I still think the Big Ten is the deepest conference in college basketball. I do. I'm not saying it's the best. The best is the Big Twelve by leaps and bounds. But I think the bottom of the Big Ten is probably better than the bottom of the Big Twelve. Like it, it's. I don't know. I, I think the Big Ten is still extremely deep, but they're probably just a bunch of average teams that are going to lose in the tournament. So I just, yeah, and it's 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 very jumbled. It's hard to pinpoint what's a good win and what's a bad loss because, like, I watched Ohio State from pretty much from start to finish, other than the first couple minutes of the game, more or less from start to finish, own Iowa score 93 points in Iowa, which is one of their highest point totals of the season. That's an Iowa team that had just won four in a row. Chris Murray is looking like another, he's looking like a first round NBA draft pick and they stop Iowa's winning streak and they stop their own losing streak. And they absolutely just start to finish more or less pick them apart the entire game. They gave up 77 points. 
But with the pace that Iowa plays, I Iowa averages eighty four. Like seventy seven, holding them seventy seven was impressive, honestly. And and almost every time that Iowa would like they they did not let Iowa go on any kind of extended runs, pretty much of like six or eight straight points. If Iowa scored two or four, Ohio State answered. Like they just gave Iowa no opportunity to come back in that game. And then you look and it's like, okay, I was I was four and four in the conference now. It's like, is that a good win? Are we saying beating Purdue is the only good win in the Big Ten? Like. You just like what's a good win, what's a bad loss when every team in the conference pretty much has between three and six losses. We'll see. All right. Well, we'll speaking we'll of the Big a, Ten, we'll, we'll have a better we'll have a better idea of of the uh, how how dire the situation is is in probably like a week and a half. After. That's the funny part. The next time we jump on, we could say all this for thirty minutes. The next time we jump on here, if they've now lost Indiana and Wisconsin, we're both well, Wisconsin's like, third. Wisconsin is the NIT this year. <laughs> Wisconsin's third. Wisconsin's Thursday, so we will not have Wisconsin. Wisconsin's Thursday. Oh, I thought it was Tuesday. My bad. No, Wisconsin is. Uh, That's nice. Then you get four days to prepare for Wisconsin. Yeah, you yeah. have to win that game. Wisconsin's Thursday, so we'll only have the IU game next time we get down here, and I'm expecting them to lose to IU. So, so that means they're jumping back into their Sunday games. I love Saturday games. I hate Sunday games. That sucks. What we're going to do now, let me get a timer out, because um, we talked about Ohio State for about half an hour. We're going to actually, well, Justin, not me, is going to do, we're going to do like a, a, a whip around of the Big Ten. And I'm basically going to. This is turning into like Stump the Schwab when we, they just quiz me on stuff. I've done, I've yeah. done pretty well, I think I might add. If you're not paying attention to the entire Big Ten, this is going to be like your cliff notes in the entire Big Ten. Basically, I'm going to read some random, <clears throat> excuse me, metrics about one of the Big Ten teams. Um, maybe it's just their overall record. Maybe it's their Big Ten record. Um, maybe it's, uh, their luck factor in Ken Palm. <laughs> maybe it's, uh, maybe they're, they're adjusted offense. I don't know. I'm going to read some stuff about a certain team. Justin's going to have to guess which team it is. And then once he guesses, I'm going to start a stopwatch and you're going to have 20 minutes to tell everybody 20 seconds. Yes, correct. 20 seconds. Thank you. We don't <laughs> well, this have will be the longest, but this will be a, a Joe Rogan podcast episode of four and a half hours. Great, great catch. Yeah. Not 20 <laughs> minutes. Fuck that. Uh, he'll have 20 seconds to basically tell us. You know, what are your thoughts so far on Nebraska? What are your thoughts so far on Northwestern? What are your thoughts on Iowa? Just kind of tell us what you think about what you've seen from them so far. Um, so, one second here. So, and I'm not going to like wait. I'm going to let you just probably keep guessing until you get it. All right. So, first team, conference record three and six, overall record 10 and 10. That's Nebraska, correct? That is Nebraska. Okay. And I'm at Mark. You have 20 seconds to talk about Nebraska. And go. Uh, beat Ohio State and shouldn't have. Um, Derek Walker's been pretty good for them this year. I like watching Sam Grissel. I actually covered Sam Grissel in high school. Good player. Um, Kelsey Tomanagai is a pretty decent shooter. But in general, Nebraska is not that good. And Fred Hoiberg, I don't think he's really ever going to get that thing turned around. And stop. Okay. Next team. I'm really negative at the end. I apologize. Ken Palm defensive team number three in the country. Oh, God, in the Big Ten. <laughs> um, Third best defensive team in the country, according to Ken Palm. They have six wins in the Big Ten already. Oh, it's got to be Rutgers then. It is Rutgers. And on my mark, you have 20 seconds to talk about Rutgers. Three, two, one, go. 
Rutgers held Penn State to 45 points last night, and that's pretty much what they have to do if they want to win. I will say, though, Rutgers is going to be a pretty popular pick to make a run in the tournament because they had that nice mix of veterans plus good defense, plus they can score 60 if they need to. I like Rutgers. Steve Peichel needs a statue. And stop. Next team, uh, they handed Ohio State their worst home loss since Florida Atlantic in 2016, uh, about a week and a half ago. Well, that's Minnesota. All right, so you have 20 seconds to talk about Minnesota. Three, two, one, go. I think Minnesota's in a, a decent spot. I like Ben Johnson a lot. Dawson Garcia, I think, still has three years of eligibility. Um, and Jameson Battles, he's had kind of a down year, but when it comes to Minnesota, they just need to kind of – I mean, Ohio State, one of the best recruits coming in next year is for Minnesota. So if they can try to maybe – Recruit a little bit better in the metropolitan Minneapolis yeah. area. They'll be they'll be they'll be okay. Tough top tough job though. All right, this team has never been to a Final Four, but they do have the fourth most efficient offense in the country, according to Ken Palm. Ohio State. <laughs> no. Um, uh, what else do we got? Here? Oh, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. Nope. They have oh. uh, their their entire backcourt is they have two freshmen in their backcourt. Oh, Purdue. Um, yes. All right, so you have 20 seconds to talk about Purdue in three, two, one, go. Uh, Purdue's going to be a really good example of what we think wins in the tournament because normally it's really good veteran guard play, really great coaching, and um, some depth in your team. And Purdue has they have great coaching, but their guards are really young. They're you know obviously two freshmen, and normally a big man doesn't get you that crazy far. And, and that's their stop. best player, so we'll see. That game needs to be great. Uh, the Next team has lost six of their last seven games all by single digits, which is the first time they've ever done that in program history. Well, I have to say it's Ohio State. That is Ohio State. So <laughs> you get you get 20 bonus seconds to talk about Ohio State in three, two, one, go. I think they're gonna turn it around. I think February is a lot easier than January. I think they'll I think they'll finish 19 and 12, win a tournament game, finish 20 and 12, and make the tournament. That's actually pretty good. You have eight seconds left. You have seven seconds left. You have six seconds left. You have anything else? Uh, the X factor down the stretch will be Sean McNeil. And stop. All right. The this this is fun. So the next team has lost to a Mac school. They also beat another Mac school that has a specific player that actually scored twenty nine straight points last night. So this is this is Michigan, and that's Imani Bates. Yes, this is Michigan. That's Imani Bates, who almost went to Michigan. Anyway, you've got 20 seconds to talk about Michigan. Three, two, one, go. Uh, Michigan is in almost the same exact spot as Ohio State's in outside of their conference records better. I don't know if they're going to make the tournament. We talked about this. Their February schedule is harder than their January schedule, so they need to figure it out. Jalen Llewellyn getting hurt for the year is – they need somebody outside of Hunter Dickinson and Jet Howard. It's probably got to be Kobe Bufkin, so we'll see. Maybe Doug McDaniel. Stop. Kobe Bufkin's had a good year, though. I'll give him credit. Try to find some info on this next team that could maybe stump you. Kind of a um, bummer. Frankie Collins transferred. They could use him right now. Yeah, and Michigan fans really did not love Frankie. I always thought that I always thought that Frankie Collins was a bucket when I would see him play Ohio State, and I always thought Terrence Williams always scored like ten points against Ohio State too. I know he doesn't average ten points, but I feel like those two guys always played well against Ohio State for some reason. Most people play well against Ohio State's defense. So, anywho. Next team, uh, Ken Palm number 39. They are the 31st, the, I should say, the number 31 adjusted defense in the country. Um, first year head coach, number 39 in Ken Palm. First year head coach? Who's got a first yeah. year head coach in the Big Ten? Wait, I'm going through the teams. Give me a sec. 
Who the hell is a first year coach? Wait, give me a second. Let me think. Uh, Hunter Dickinson plays really well against this team. Oh, for Maryland. No, my no bad. Reason. I, I forgot right. Kevin Willard's first year. You have 20 seconds to talk about Maryland. Three, two, one, go. For whatever reason, Ohio State can't play at the Expanding Center. Uh, my hometown school, but I'm not really a Terrapin fan. I do think that Jamar Young's a good player, but he, or Jameer Young's a good player, but he's had some struggles this year. Uh, you know, it just how far can you go? Dante Scott's a good player, but how far can you go when that's your best player? It's kind of what they're at. So I, Kevin Willard's a great coach. Yeah, um, they need to recruit the DMV better. I mean, Hunter Dickinson should never go to the DMV, even though they did offer him when he was a sophomore. Don't let that, don't let that fool you. Don't let his actions towards them fool you. They did recruit. <laughs> they did in fact recruit him. I love. I love that narrative. That's start the, music, start the music. Cut this guy off. Yeah. Um. All right. Next school. Currently has a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. They have the number 19 adjusted defense, but they're like 123rd in adjusted offense in Ken Palm. Has to be Northwestern. That is Northwestern. So yeah. you have uh, 20 seconds to talk about Chris Collins. Go. Boo booey till I die. And that's pretty much what Northwestern is. Northwestern starting five this year could be Northwestern or could be Boo Booey, Chase Audige, Miller Cop, Pete Nance, and Ryan Young. So nobody's had the transfer portal hurt them more than Northwestern, but they've done a good job. Chris Collins is earning himself probably a three year extension here soon. And I think they actually make the tournament. Boo booey till I die. And done. Taylor Battle, famous brother of Taylor Battle. Penn State right. legend. Who this, coaches this one, the next one's. Next one's a dead giveaway, but I feel like we both can do a little victory lap here. They are up to number 43 in Ken Palm. They're 4-5 and five in the Big Ten. Oh, it's Penn State. Um, they're, they're very much in range of potentially making the NCAA tournament right now. Uh, you have 20 seconds to talk about Penn State. Yeah, we both loved Penn State to start the year. Um, they just live and die by the three a little, little too much for my liking, which we all saw coming because they don't have a big guy. If you could just give John Hare one more year in college, I think Penn State might be the second-best team in the Big Ten. Unfortunately, that's not how that works. They need more from Cam Winter. Cam Winter needs to be a little better for him, the Drexel uh, transfer. But and stop. Jalen Pickett's one of the best players in the country. Full stop. Next team, you should be very, very familiar with them. Very recently, Ohio State played them. Uh, well-balanced team, top 25 in defense, top 50 in offense, and potentially the best transfer player in the nation ended up there over the offseason. Yeah, Illinois. You have 20 seconds to talk about the fighting Illini. Go. Seems like they've gotten a little better since Sky Clark left. Uh, they because they they're one four the last five. I don't know what the whole backstory there was, but um, I think they need a little more from RJ Melendez off the bench. He was kind of the guy a lot of people were expected to take that step for them this year, and he's played well but not great. Uh, Jay Nebs and Sincere Harris are two. Sincere Harris, Saint V, uh, Saint V guy, played with Malachi Branham. So that's two good young guards. Dane Danger's a right. big guy. Next team, uh, one of the most lopsided offensive defensive teams um, in the nation. Number five offense, number 146 defense. Has to be Iowa. This is Iowa. So you have 20 <laughs> seconds to talk about the fighting friends. Go. Yeah, it's, you just said it. They're incredible offense that somehow gave up 95 points to Eastern Illinois. I, they're, just, they're not a good defense at all. Um, they need to lean more into guys like Chris Murray and – Aaron Eulis and less of like the Connor McCaffrey. I think Connor McCaffrey's a good player, but he has limitations. Aaron Eulis seems like a player that can maybe put them over the edge. So I'm interested and to see done. what they do uh, come tournament time. Uh, you should be able to guess pretty quickly now who's who's left and who's not. This is a team that all I'll say is they have a a very drastic difference in their record. When when there's one specific player that's been yeah. hurt, and when he's on the court, they're very good. When he's off the court, they've been very mediocre. This is Michigan State, and that's Malik Hall. 
You got 20 seconds to talk about Malik Hall's team. Go. It's Yeah, it's Malik Hall playing today. That's how I make my picks when it comes to Michigan State. Um, they just they never got somebody in the front court in the transfer portal. Their guard, they're probably the three best guards, like as a team in the in the conference with uh, Jay Nakins, Tyson Walker, and AJ Hogarth. They just need one of their big guys to step up. And done. That's pretty good. Breath out of him. Jackson Kohler's been pretty good. Uh, only a couple teams left. Uh, the next one, one, one of your favorite players in the country plays there. Um, they won the Big Ten last season. They're kind of kind of walking on the edge of the water right now i'm not sure if i'm not sure if they're legit or not they're smack in the middle of the conference right now let me see if they've got any interesting ken palm stats 111th ranked offense which kind of checks out for them oh it's wisconsin it is wisconsin so you so have who the hell uh, in the big 10 last year <laughs> wisconsin, yeah, wisconsin somehow all right you got 20 seconds to talk about chucky hepburn go i love chucky hepburn great player obviously covered him in high school i did watch him take three shots in the last minute of their last game and miss all three and lose. But Chucky's fearless for, uh, for better and for worse. And Tyler Walls kind of, you know, they're that's again, it's kind of like the Maryland thing, how, you know, Tyler Walls is a great player, but they just need a little more depth. Connor Seijan has been a nice person for them to step up and help them. But yeah, no, right. Johnny, no Johnny Davis. There's only one team left we haven't talked about. Uh, preseason Big Ten favorite. Uh, it's Indiana. Yeah. Trace Jackson Davis has been on another level in the last week or two. So you got 20 seconds to talk about TJD and the Hoosiers who are four and four in the conference now. It's just injuries, man. Losing Xavier Johnson and race Thompson is like brutal. You know, they're relying on Jalen Shafino's probably been the best freshman in the league outside of maybe Jed Howard and sends ball, but um, they just, they need like Miller cop uh, Galloway. Who's first name is escape Trey Galloway. One of those guys to step up and, and kind of be that third or fourth scorer. Cause TG day and or TJD and, uh, uh, Jalen Hood-Safino can only do so much. So I don't know is, if Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson are done for the whole season or not, but that's tough, man. What's the uh, What's the ESPN show where they do? Is it around the horn where they have all the people in the different uh, bubbles and they take turns talking and they cut them off? Is yeah, it, they uh, cut them off. The horn? Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be your 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 bonus time for winning around the horn, even though you're the only player that played this game. Um, you're going to get 20 bonus seconds now to talk about any particular team in the country outside of the Big Ten that you've liked watching so far and go. <laughs> well, you know where this is going. The Kent State Golden Flashes, I think, are the best mid-major team in the country. Yes, I'm including that with Char- Carlos de Charleston, who Kent State did uh, uh, officially lose to, but they only lost by two. It was a good game. Uh, if you are filling out a bracket this year, Kent State, they will beat somebody. Right now, Joe Lenardi has them playing Duke in the first round, which is and just like done. David and Goliath, baby. Give me Duke. I mean, give me Kent State to beat Duke. Give Bring Duke. on Duke. We want Duke. As soon as I said, do you get the chance to talk about any one team outside of the Big Ten? I was like, I started the timer, and then I should have been like, nope, and done. And done. Um, <laughs> Bracket Matrix has Kent State as the second highest 12 seed, which would, mean they would play the, which would mean they would play the second lowest five, which is Rutgers. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that game at all. Right now, Bracket Matrix has a 5-12 matchup of Rutgers-Kent State. Kent yeah. State has held every team they've played this year outside of last night, though, to uh, under 73 points. Their defense is really good. So I think Rutgers would really struggle to score, but Kent would also really struggle to score. So that could be a – they lost to Houston 49-45 to I could or 49-44. That could be another similar kind of game. That was fun. That was, uh, that was definitely like uh, – that was around the horn vibes for sure. Yeah, I did good, as always. <laughs> All right, Not that's going to be well it for, horn, but. that's going to be it for today. Um, if you found this on the website, 
Make sure to also subscribe on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever it is used to listen to music and podcasts so that when we put out new episodes, you will get uh, notified and it's all going to be under the Land Grant Holy Land feed. Yeah, you can find us at Bucketheads LGHL. Uh, you can find us, find me at Justin underscore Golba, I think. Um, and then uh, Connor, where are you? And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Lamans underscore Connor, which is L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor. I will be at Assembly Hall this weekend to probably watch Ohio State lose to the Indiana Hoosiers, but uh, Justin, Assembly Hall has been on my, my bucket list since I was like oh yeah, same. 12 years old. So I'm, You know when Assembly Hall got on my bucket list officially was the Christian, Christian Watford Robert. shot over Kentucky. Yeah, that was the okay. most insane yeah. atmosphere I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I'll never forget where I was. Yeah. Even though the number one team in the country has lost so many times since then, like we've it seen it a big time back then, and it was Kentucky. It, there was just like something about yeah, there was something about that. But yeah, uh, Assembly Hall has been on my bucket list for so long. So even though I think Ohio State's probably they're probably going to lose that game, um, very 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 excited to see Assembly Hall uh this weekend so if you follow me on twitter i'll probably tweet a couple pictures try to do some updates things like that we appreciate you listening hope you enjoyed the around the horn segment that was new uh thanks again have a good weekend go bucks